struggling so hard to say this intro for you guys. I did this episode on how your body changes in postpartum on um, a very intricate level. So I give you a forewarning here. It's very technical. I hope you are interested in what I'm saying, um, but I wanted to give you a physiological lesson on what happens to your body in terms of hormones, fluid loss, um, pregnancy uh, risks, including whether or not you're fertile postpartum, and also how to handle it mentally. So this is a very detailed episode. If you have any questions, make sure you um, join the Facebook group or you message me at admin at the new and I really hope you enjoy. Hey mama, are you in your third trimester and starting to freak out about the postpartum period? We'll take a deep breath and welcome to the new mom naturopath podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kaylin Galloway, a naturopathic physician and a fellow mom who's been in your shoes. From mindset techniques to holistic strategies for your health, we'll empower you to navigate motherhood with confidence and vitality. So grab a comforting cup of tea, or who are we kidding, coffee, and let's dive in to this incredible chapter of your life. My goal of this podcast is to embrace the naturopathic principle of docere, which means to teach. I really want you to learn practical advice on how to actually improve your postpartum experience, but this does not replace the use of your own personal physician. Any and all medical advice should be done and taken through the careful and personal decisions of your medical doctor. Can I let you in on a little secret? You're probably spending way too much time preparing for labor and not enough time preparing for postpartum. Postpartum is a zillion times longer, and I want to help you with it. So check out my free training at www.thenewmomnaturopath.com. That's thenewmomnaturopath.com. It's a 40-minute training that helps you prepare for postpartum with confidence. Sometimes you just don't. It's like how easier to understand and give yourself a little bit of grace when you know that you've got all these things your body has to do just by existing and breathing. And it's okay that you don't have the dishes done. And it's okay that you're not getting this whole mom thing down because your world is literally going upside down and your body's trying to heal from a very big, natural, beautiful process, but still it's exhausting. So the number one things I want to talk about is first the physiological things that happen within your body and then the neurological things that happen. So anything that happens in your brain as a result of that. And then just what you can do to support yourself during this time. So the first thing that happens is that you're going to end up tightening the uterus down back to its normal phase. It's going to take about six weeks for it to get back down to its normal size. And in a lot of ways, the body's going to keep shifting and changing up to one to two years after postpartum. So things are going to be weird. But the thing is that you end up, as you're in the process of breastfeeding, if you end up having oxytocin released as a result of letdown, um, which I'll get to in a second, they, your body's going to end up contracting your uterus and that allows it to, to cinch down into its normal size. But also it's a protective mechanism too, because the placenta is no longer attached and it left behind a really large wound in your uterus. Um, it's about the size of a dinner plate. And so you've removed that wound. So imagine taking off a a scab of a wound the size of a dinner plate. If you don't squeeze and 
uh, close off blood supply to that area, you're going to bleed out. So your body's doing this as a protective mechanism. It's not comfortable. It's also one of the main reasons why when you're in the hospital, they end up pressing on your um, stomach a lot. And it's so painful when you have a C-section. I, oh my gosh. I was fine until like the third time. And then I was like, I'm done. Like you, I'm done. I'm not bleeding out. I'll let you know. Like, (laughs) so painful. But that is just a normal thing that's happening. The second thing that's happening is you're losing blood volume. So a lot of people lose blood during the actual labor. That's a normal thing. Um, It is abnormal to lose more than a liter. So if you end up hemorrhaging in labor, you do also lose additional fluid than you need, than you should have. But it is normal to have blood loss during pregnancy, during labor. Um, And the other thing is your body is no longer having to have additional fluids. So you might have had swelling feet and feeling puffy and uh, bloated and um, having edema in your lower extremities. It's very common in late postpartum or in late pregnancy and part of early postpartum. But over time, your body's going to end up getting rid of that. And the two ways it's going to get rid of it, well, three, mainly two, but yeah. The first one is going to be through peeing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. The second one is going to be through sweating. And that's a lot of times as hormones go back to their normal-ish patterns, you're going to end up having sweats and sweating that happens quite a bit. And also because of the change in hormones, you're having a change in your pheromones and a change in your microbiome. So a lot of women report a change in their odors and their smell. Um, it's really a time where it's really hard to manage odor, largely because this is a biological mechanism. It's part of where your child is actually identifying as you and odor specifically that of in the um, armpits and around the breasts is a way to direct a child to come and drink. I'm getting super technical and I really hope you guys like this because I, I, this is the, the physiology part that I love. So anyway, uh, the second thing that you're going to have, uh, another thing where you're going to lose water is going to be through lochia or the loss of blood that happens. Excuse me, I'm getting bored of my own topic. Um, I'm kidding. The amount of blood loss that happens through you just um, healing and the lochia that occurs after pregnancy. Lochia is a fairly normal phenomenon and it'll happen for up to four weeks postpartum, though I know that in some women it can last up to six. It's still very rare that it would last that long. I was one of those really unlucky people that um, ended up having a couple of weeks of it and then my period started like uh, two weeks after. I was was like, I thought I was going to get out of this with breastfeeding, but nope, nope. My body said no. Anyway, (laughs) there's that. The general rule for lochia is that you do not want to have very large-sized clots. Um, large clots mean a lot of blood is pooling. It means things, blood is, uh, is collecting in places it shouldn't be collecting. Because it's, it's allowing time for it to clot. And it usually is a sign of excess blood loss. So if you're having golf ball size, uh, anything bigger than a quarter, I would definitely talk to your doctor about this. Um, and absolutely ask all these questions with your doctor. I'm not giving medical advice here. I'm not telling you. I'm just going over what would be normal physiology and normal occurrence. Um, and then in terms of your fluid 
still really, really vital that you get enough fluid into your body. You're, if you're trying to breastfeed, you are trying to create milk, and that is another way your body's going to lose fluid. And if you're dehydrated and your body's trying to overcome all of this loss of fluid, which is rapid and overwhelming for your body to kind of like figure out how to how to keep keep the pipes full enough, but not full like not overflow. But then, yeah, it's a lot for your body. So it is vital that you hydrate. That's why they give you a big jug of water at the hospital. Drink it as much as you can. Don't over drink water. I'm not telling you to drink a gallon of water a day. That's not my goal here, but making sure that you hydrate enough so that your body is able to maintain itself and its equilibrium in this time where it's also trying to get rid of a lot of fluids. And then um, the other thing is making sure that you're staying hydrated. um, Not hydrated. I was repeating myself. Making sure you're staying full and nourished, meaning you're eating high nutrient-dense foods. You're getting those foods that you're craving because if you are someone that is nursing, or even if you're not nursing, you're probably in this time going to be a, um, at a time that wants comfort. And comfort foods are very necessary for you to have the um, the feeling of oxytocin and to relax into this new phase of life that is very stressful and requires you to randomly connect with a baby that you don't know how to keep alive. And so there, it's really important that you get those comfort foods in. Like for me, that's mac and cheese all day. Um, but, and chocolate, but I also recommend that you get high nutrient dense foods that includes vegetables, high fibrous foods, which will help with you going number two, which is one of those scary moments after pregnancy that it's like, does it work? And also, ow. So making sure you're getting enough fiber, making sure if you are following the recommendation recommendations of your provider, um, a lot of times they recommend a stool softener to help for that one first bowel movement to be a little bit more comfortable. And then in terms of hormones, you're having a rapid change in hormones, a a rapid change, you know? So it is a hundred percent normal to feel insane during, especially during those first two weeks. Now, if you're ever having suicidal thoughts, if you're having Um, thoughts of harming your baby or yourself, if you're having thoughts of harming other people, or if you're having direct hallucinations, those are all not normal. But for you to feel like you're going insane or feel like you're having these wild mood swings or you're randomly crying, like, and I did not think it was this bad. Like, I thought they were joking on TV where it's like super exaggerated. Like, she's crying for no reason. But no, I would literally just start crying. I don't I don't even know that there's anything wrong, but I would be like super freaked out. So it does happen. It is normal. Um, and give yourself those two weeks of your life to just kind of have your body come to some sort of assimilation. You probably still won't feel normal after two weeks, but you'll be able to manage the crying sessions, hopefully. Um, and so what's happening is you're having a very big drop in progesterone and estrogen because those were what were maintaining your pregnancy and keeping your body in a state of not delivering a baby when it shouldn't be delivered. So there's that. And then, um, what is also happening is you're having an increase in prolactin. And because of that, as a result of that, what increases prolactin in your body is a decrease in dopamine. So dopamine is the molecule that is involved, and we usually think of it as an addictive hormone, like the, the dopamine increases as you give yourself sugar, it gives you, it's a part of what kind of simulates happiness in a sense, um, and it's a very highly active neurotransmitter. So 
feeling those baby blues, a lot of times it's correlated with a drop in um, and alterations in serotonin and as well as alterations in estrogen levels. But a lot of it also is that drop in, in, in dopamine that has to happen because that is what causes you to increase prolactin. And that's happening kind of slowly throughout your last trimester, but it's really happening as soon as the baby gets here. And so as soon as you're no longer attached to that little adorable human, um, you're going to start having an, a surge of prolactin, which is going to be your signal to your body to start really creating milk. Um, and then what causes you to actually take that milk and release it is oxytocin, which is also the same molecule that is responsible for the contractions in the uterus as you go into labor. So going into labor, there's a lot of different things that go into the body that end up causing you to go into labor, but ultimately it's an increase in um, inflammatory molecules that cause a stimulation of oxytocin to be released. And what we kind of don't really know is the reason. Like we don't honestly know what really is the ping, this causes labor. Like that's not really, we're not that not that far into it so um but in general that's kind of where where it's at now during pregnancy there's another thing that happens in your body is that you stop losing hair follicles so pregnancy is a pro uh cellular generation it causes your body to be pro cellular generation you're going to create more cells and that in and of itself is going to limit how many cells are dying. It does this in a balanced way, but in general speaking, if things are meant to grow in, in, in pregnancy, they're going to grow. That's why when someone has cancer, it's not really recommended that they continue on with a pregnancy because it is pro-cellular regeneration. And what is cancer? Regrowth out of control. So... What is happening with your follicles, including your nails and your hair, is that you don't actually get the signal to lose your hair. So you're growing hair while not losing hair. So as a result of postpartum, when you're no longer in that pro-proliferation state, or um, in English terms, um, pro pro a new creating new cells if you're no longer in that state then you're gonna lose your hair so it is natural postpartum to lose hair and it not be detrimental to your body it's gonna feel like it because my gosh hair comes out in clumps that you never thought were possible but it is somewhat normal to have an increase in hair loss during postpartum this can happen almost immediately but it also most likely is going to take three three months-ish for you to start noticing hair loss. Now, I give a huge caveat to this in that there are symptoms that are common postpartum that also have to do with hair loss, that also have a symptom of hair loss, including iron deficiency, which can happen if you hemorrhage during pregnancy, or if you just became deficient because that baby took all your iron, that can cause a decrease in hair. Um, and it can cause you to have hair loss. The second one is thyroidism, um, hypothyroidism and hypo and, and somewhat hyper, hyperthyroidism. But hypothyroidism is actually very common in uh, postpartum. It's called postpartum thyroid, uh, thyroid toxicosis or postpartum hypothyroidism. And it actually is very common in the first six weeks of postpartum. And so it is something that if you are having hair loss and it is getting to be something that is out of control, talk to your doctor. Make sure you're getting rid of any other possibility that it could just be normal physiology and don't take, oh, it's totally normal as an answer because 
it could be totally normal, but you would not know unless you tested for it. So, all right. So, on to the next part of your body is that you have now entered a postpartum phase and you think that your body would go, hey, chill out. Let's not think about making more babies because we got to keep this one alive. But, um, yes, that is generally speaking what your body does. It doesn't allow it to automatically get pregnant again, but you can get pregnant at any moment in time postpartum as long as you are ovulating. And there are some people that end up just ovulating um, almost immediately after the withdrawal of progesterone that occurs. Um, and so you, uh, your body may end up causing or being fertile immediately after postpartum. And in some people, you're not, you're not going to get your period back before you get pregnant because you have to have an, you have to have an egg to fertilize. And so if you don't, if you fertilize the egg before you get, uh, before you get your period, then you're not going to get a period. So just a note, there are three stages in life where it is the most common times for women to get pregnant. And the first one would be during, um, puberty where they end up where you're highly fertile but you don't necessarily have regular cycles and or you haven't had your first cycle those are times where your your body would have an unexpected pregnancy the second time of an unexpected pregnancy would be during perimenopausal period where you're cycling in and out of um, having a cycle they're getting more spread apart but you haven't actually hit the definition of menopause which would be 12 months of no period and so that time People think, oh, I'm getting to the point where I'm not going to have, I'm not going to get pregnant anymore. And so they stop taking precautions and they get pregnant. So, and then the third time would be during breastfeeding. And when you're in postpartum and you don't necessarily cycle or you don't have a regular cycle or you have no cycle at all. And you think, I'm breastfeeding, I'm safe, you don't have any birth control. Now, I'm going to tell you, that is absolutely not true. You are not safe from getting pregnant. Um, most of the time your menstruation is going to be between 45 and 64 days after you have your baby for most people, if you do not have, uh, if you do not lactate. So if you don't actually decide to breastfeed, that's when it will occur for a lot of people that do breastfeed their, um, period can take about to a year for it to occur. Um, and in some women, they get their period right away, even though they are breastfeeding and hyperproducing milk. So it is, the, the body is, is very diverse and there are a lot of, of reasons why it would be totally normal. Um, but the earliest your body can actually ovulate is probably between 25 and, and 27 days postpartum. Now I say all of this with the caveat of, will you feel like having sex postpartum? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. First of all, there's just things are different. Like things are different. Things are healing. Whether you have a scar, you know, down there or you have a scar (laughs) on your belly, like wherever things are, it's painful. Whether you have no scars at all, your body is just swollen and not itself. And also you're in horror because you're like, what just came out of me? And so no, you're not going to feel like it. And then on top of that, your hormones are going to have you be feeling ex- exceptionally excited and cuddly and lovable one moment and then exceptionally depressed and sad and like just feeling these like, I it's not just, oh, you're feeling a little emotional. No, it's like these peaks and highs and peaks and highs and peaks and highs and you feel this 
immense amount of love, but at the same time, this immense fear, there are so many things happening to your body. So these feelings are normal, and I just wanted to create this definition and and description so that you'd have an idea of what to do. And I'm getting blown up on my phone. All right. I'm going to keep those on there because it's just fun. Anyway. So, um... There are a lot of things that can happen in terms of, I'm not getting into that. That's a little too much. I'm like looking at all these research papers as I'm reading this. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. (laughs) Milk production. Why don't we talk about milk production? I talked about the changes in hormones and the changes in neurotransmitters, but I, and I, those kind of have a role to play in the production of milk. So number one, the stimulation of your uh, mammary glands or your breasts to actually produce milk comes from the chemical prolactin. Prolactin only gets secreted in your body if you have a decrease in dopamine, as I said before. But once you secrete the prolactin, it allows your body to start the process of creating milk. But then the cool part is, is that your body creates oxytocin to allow for the release of the milk from the milk ducts in your mammary glands. And that Oxytocin is a beautiful chemical that causes such amazing, it's like your lovey, it's called the love hormone because it causes a connection. And I swear, I thought, I did not understand the level of like, oof, yumminess that oxytocin is because I was like really freaking out. I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to lie. I knew this physiology before I went into postpartum and I was like, I'm already struggled with, I, I already struggle with depression. I have been struggling with depression my entire pregnancy. There is no way I'm going to be okay if you take away my dopamine. Am I going to be able to breastfeed and and still like it? Am I going to be able to handle postpartum? Because even if I don't breastfeed, this is still going to occur. It's just going to occur and then stop. And then all these things are going to happen to my body. And like, can I do this? But I tell you, when the baby does latch and you end up having a response to Um, you get the cuddling with your, you get to cuddle your baby and you do skin to skin and you do the, and you start to breastfeed and they latch on and you get the release. You get what's called the letdown. First of all, it feels very weird. The first time you feel it, you're going to be like, what? Um, it's a very tingly sensation. I don't know. That's all, all, that's the only way I can describe it, but it's a tingly sensation that you get when you know your body is starting to let down the milk is what it's called or release the milk into this, into your nipples so that your baby can actually excrete it out of, out of you. And it is super calming to, um, have that happen. It's very calming. Now, at the same time, breastfeeding is very stressful. So it is It's one of those things where I, this is one of those moments that I have to help people understand, and I had to coach myself into understanding that it is a mind game, that breastfeeding is a mind game. It's a physical game too. It's like, it's like, like there's a football hole. It's like literally a game because you're learning and baby's learning and you think, oh, it's natural. It'll just happen. No, 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 it's not, it's it's not going to just happen. You want to give yourself tools for in the moment for how to calm that stress state because if you are in a stressed, freaked out, can't figure this out state, first of all, your body's going to sense, your baby's going to sense that. 
you're going to secrete pheromones that are stress-related pheromones. They're going to catch it. Your body language is going to be all off and they are going to freak out because of that. So then they're not going to be in the relaxed state to receive the milk. They're not going to try to latch with you. But also, this oxytocin is supposed to help you calm down. It is a biological mechanism to help you deal with the stress. So it is something that you need to help support your body and give um, synergistic support with. So you want to give yourself every possible means to give yourself peace, calm, relaxed state. That means meditating in the moment. That means focusing on your breath. That means focusing on what you need in the moment and getting people to help you with it. So asking for the things that you need in the moment. Not trying to figure out where the next pump part is or if you're on this right schedule or if you're following the right routine or this baby won't latch, what am I to do? Oh, it's so stressful. That means having a regimented idea of where things are, knowing where your pillows are, having snacks ready, making sure you're hydrated and your water's right next to you, making sure that you're getting people to give you the things that, that you need. But that's kind of an overview and it's kind of a, I, you know, I went through a kind of messy overview over all of this, but I just kind of wanted to give you this roadmap of how your body and has so much to figure out. Um, if it's your first time having a baby, it's doing it for the very first time. And then on top of that, you're having the mental state of having to figure out all these guidelines that, you know, the American pediatrics, whatever, have decided are the, the, the Bible of how to figure out how to take care of this baby. And then you've got Facebook to battle because everybody judges everybody. And, oh, there's a car seat you've got to figure out because you have to go to, like, a NASA-level car seat training service to help you figure out how to get it in the car. And then your husband's freaking out or partner are freaking out because they don't know what to do because they've been on this journey with you, but they've just watched you do it. Like, that's it. And now they're like, oh, I'm on board. But then also, I don't have any way of feeding this child unless you are bottle feeding. But also, like, the baby needs mama. Like, the baby, like, desires and stresses for mama. And so, how do I figure this out? They're they're on their own freakout mode. You're on your own freakout mode. Everybody and their mother wants to meet this baby. You don't even know who the baby is yet. And everyone wants to visit, hold the baby, care for the baby. They've forgotten about you and your body's going through all this crap. So to put it very, 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 very simply, if you're not stressed out postpartum, you're an angel. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. <laughs> and um, I really hope that this gave you a little bit of context to feel a little bit better about going into postpartum and that you've got a lot to do, but your body is super powerful. It's super amazing that it does all of this without even thinking about it. And it's incredible to see how your body does this transition. And if you have the right tools in place, the right systems in place to get people to help you, you have the right ability to manage your own physical needs, and you have the ability to manage your mental and emotional needs, you will be set. If you know how to communicate with others, you will be set. If you want to learn how to do that, visit my free training, thenewmomnaturopath.com. I hope to see you there. Thank you for listening to the New Mom Naturopath Podcast. I really hope you learned something and grew during this episode. If you could leave me a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be so helpful for me. If you have any questions, email me at admin at thenewmomnaturopath.com. And as always, please join our Facebook group, The New Mom Naturopath, on Facebook. Have a wonderful day.